Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to. Oh, man. I don't think that my show is working. Oh, yay. We are on air. Bex. Sandy, can you hear me? Hi, I can hear you. It finally is working. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. So sorry for the 26-second uh, 26 26 um, dead air time, which is like an eternity in radio time. But <laughs> I'm so glad it's working. It was just uh, not responding at all. So... Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Um, this is Sandy Weiner, and I am so glad you're here. I am the founder and chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com. I want to thank you all for joining us here today. Last First Date Radio is an acclaimed show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. 
and we have an excellent, wonderful show coming up for you today. I am going to be speaking with the woman you just heard, Bex Burton. She is a dream builder coach, and she's going to talk about mindful practices you can use to break through love blocks and open back up to love. And I'm just going to give you like a really quick um, pitch out to go to my site for a minute when you when you're finished with this show and um and sign up for my free guide on how to stop making the same mistakes over and over again in dating and relationships after 40. Um, I find that people tend to not see what they're doing because they're too close to the situation. And so if that sounds like you and you're having trouble finding love, please go to my website after you listen to this show, lastfirstdate.com. Sign up on my homepage. Um, because I want you to find out what mistakes you're making, learn how to turn them around, and really find epic love, big love, the kind of love we're going to be talking about today on the show. Um, Also, if you have not yet joined my Facebook group, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to keep it as a free group, but we are growing every day. We have about 520 women in there who are every day posting their triumphs, their challenges, in dating after 40. And so if you would like to be part of the group, well, it's still free. Join us. It's your last first date on Facebook. All right. So Bex Burton, let me introduce you real quickly. She is a certified dream builder coach. She can help you design and manifest a life that you truly love living. Since a young age, Bex has manifested dream upon dream in her own life, including a marketing career in Broadway theatrics, a movement and wellness company in New York, and most impressively, her own true love story, which she conjured up creating a a hula hoop performance art. And I love that story. I actually would love for you to tell it because it's such a cool story. Um, Bex is somebody I know through um, the summit that I did with her. She hosted a summit, a wonderful summit, to help people radiate and attract love into their lives. And she does tons of online and live workshops and transformational in-depth programs, coaching programs, and they're designed to ignite the fire within you so you can achieve new heights of success, purpose, and spiritual aliveness. Juicy stuff. So welcome, yeah. Bex. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here. I'm, I'm so touched, and uh, thank you so much for, for uh, this invitation. My pleasure, and I'm, I'm so happy you're here and, and sharing your, your sparkle and wisdom, and I just really connected with you, and I wanted you to come on our, on our show um, and share with the audience how to attract their big love. But first, can you tell us a little bit about how you attracted yours? Sure. Yeah, I'm already getting a little goose temple thinking about it because <laughs> it's just such a, a magical story. And I'm a, a big believer in in spirit and God and, and uh, divinity and the divine influence that the universe has on our life. And, you know, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, my partner was um, – you know, put on my, my path, uh, divinely. Um, in fact, you know, we were, gosh, the, the moment that I realized that, that he was my person was the moment that he turned to me and asked me if I believed in soulmates. Mm. 
Oh. And, um, yeah, it was just really a remarkable way that we came together. You know, I had um, – I was a, a performer at the time, and I had uh, been let go. I have been fired from a volunteer gig, and uh, <laughs> I it was uh, – Yeah, it, it totally happens. And I, I put all this time and energy and effort into this, this event and uh, got let go right at the last minute, and I uh, had a breakup with a, a friend that I was – kind of semi-dating, like all in the same week. And um, man, I, my heart was just in the pits. And, a, you know, and I, I felt like I had this, this moment of, of decision, you know, and um, instead of really allowing myself to like crawl into a hole, I turned in the direction of doing something that was bigger than I'd ever attempted to do before, something that scared the living bejesus out of me. And for me, that was creating a very, very large-scale piece of choreography in the dance uh, methodology that I was teaching at the time, which was hula hoop dance. And so um, I embarked on creating this this big, all-inclusive performance piece. And in in the making of that, you know, I really dove into it, and I made it just uh, like it, it just really ignited my my fire, and I, I went full bore into it. And simultaneously, I had forgotten that I was online. I, was, uh, I had a, an OkCupid profile up, and I got a message from a guy who um, just really, you know, made me shake my head and blink my eyes kind of thing because it, it was just a really inviting and inspiring message and, 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 and totally out of the blue, you know. And so at the same time, I'm, I'm creating this this the biggest art project that I'd ever created in my entire life, um, I start engaging with this gentleman and we met up and, you know, we are slowly peeling back these layers and it turns out that even though we met online in the biggest metropolitan city in the United States of America, we had over 70 friends in common. Um, we wow. have been dancing around each other for the, the, the last five years at the same parties and events we'd actually been invited to the same girlfriend's birthday party we were both planning on going to the night of our first date. Uh, we never made it to that party. Um, and on our first date, he, you know, he was asking me all kinds of questions and, and uh, asking me about my passions. And, of course, the story of my performance art piece unfolded. And he asked me if I had anybody filming the piece. And he was a documentary filmmaker at the time. And I said, no, are you offering you know, just kind of delirious with, with like wonderment, like really, this is just met me and it's a big offer. And, mm-hmm. uh, and sure enough, he offered. And a week later, um, I had gotten to the point where my walls were down and I had decided that, okay, this, this is a very good man. I'm going to spend a fair amount of time with him was kind of what I had determined about a week later. And then several days later at the, the unfolding of my show, we're you know, in New York on Governor's Island. There's thousands of people in the audience, and I've got about 50 hula hoopers that I'm rattling. And the piece that we're dancing is composed of, of two songs put together. And you know, months back when I was planning it, I had written out the lyrics to these songs and just kind of chuckled at myself uh, at the, the love story that I was reading when I paired these two songs together. And I was laughing because I had just had this breakup with this, this man um, months ago. And the day of the show, however, I'm hearing the music in a whole new light and I'm hearing this love story and I just nearly lost it because I realized 
that the love story that was spelled out in the dance piece was actually my own love story. Like mm. the, the, the words of the two songs just played out everything that I was experiencing. And, and I had this moment where I, I realized that I had written my own love story through my art. And here he was, the man of the hour is here filming the piece for me. And I've gathered my entire community, all of my students and all of my dancers to welcome him into my life just coincidentally. And the name of the piece was called Hello. And, <laughs> and, uh, and that was the moment, you know, after the, after the piece, I, you know, I realized that this was not just a man that I was going to spend a fair amount of time with. This is my person. And, mm. you know, so we took our bows and there's all this commotion and he, you know, wraps up his camera and he says, you know, it's kind of crazy here. Do you want to, do you want to take a walk and get out of here? And I said, yes, let's. So we escaped the, the hubbub of the, the aftermath of the show and we sat down a ways away and that's when he turned to me and he said to me, do you believe in soulmates? And I just, <laughs> I, I nearly lost it. And I said, yes, I do. And I believe that you're mine. <laughs> and that was the beginning of our, our epic love tale. <laughs> I love it. It reminds me a lot of Ariel Ford's soulmate secret and her manifesting this guy who she recognizes when he walks into her life who became her husband and he recognized her as well it was like if you have that kind of clarity of who it is then you recognize that person and so it's it's such a great story and You know, it sounds like a fairy tale to probably a lot of people listening. Um, I actually Mm -hmm. met a guy on OkCupid once who offered to film something that I was about to do, and it turned out to be such an epic disaster. (laughs) I had never (laughs) met him before, and, and and I knew that I didn't want to date him, so it's like the opposite story. And then he shows up, and he's got his video equipment and all of his, like, really heavy duty expensive, super professional looking. I had checked out his website and he offered to do this for free. And when he sent me the pictures and the video, I couldn't use any of it. It was it oh, he no. photoshopped <laughs> me and my co-leader to the point where we looked comical like we were looking in a um like in a circus mirror, like <laughs> that level oh, of bad. No. Oh, um, no. So I had I had like the opposite story of you. I met my anti soulmate. Oh my goodness! <laughs> On OkCupid, who volunteered to film me. So anything could happen, but you know what I always say: if it's a bad date, it's a good story. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us, what do you think is the number one ingredient that's necessary to bring in your big love? Oh, that's such a great question. There are so many components. Um, but in my opinion, you know, when you whittle it down, I really believe that our mindset is just an absolute necessary ingredient in attracting big love. Because if we don't have the right mindset, the expansive mindset, the, the open and flexible mindset of, of possibility, then it, it's very possible that we might be missing it left and right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that there's something to being being flexible and being open and being expansive that, um, you know, it kind of ties in curiosity and um, just allowing, you know, and I guess that also ties in with our feminine energy. But, um, but, yeah, really, really, really being open to possibility, being 
um, of the mindset that big divine love exists, being in the mindset mm-hmm. that, that magic exists, miracles exist. And, you know, if we possibly don't believe that in our love life, you know, I encourage, I encourage my clients and my community to look elsewhere in their life where those moments of miracles, where the, those moments of divinity have shown up in their life to give them some evidence, some believing that it is possible and it, it can be epic. It can be ground, ground shaking, you know, I, and I, I will be fully honest. Like I, I definitely had that mindset um, when I met Nick, um, but my walls were very high. I was being very protective and it, it took me a while before I recognized him for who he was in my life. He knew right away, of course. Um, but I, I, I definitely had a little bit of a, a longer uh, time about it, but it really wasn't that long before I recognized him for who he was. You know, it was, it was, I mean, dare I say it, it was about 10 days. It was very, <laughs> very quick before I yeah, realized. Yeah, it is quick. But when one person is ahead of you in the process, it could seem like an eternity. I, I when I met my husband, he wanted to marry me like within a, a month or two. I mean, it was really quick. And I put him off for like another month. You know, like I felt like that was an eternity. Like I'm not ready yet. <laughs> so you know, same with having children. I mean, it was like he wanted to immediately have children, and I waited a month. You know, but in that in the, at that time, it felt like a long, long time. So, and I and I like that you say that you had the mindset, but you also had walls. And I think listeners can really relate to the walls. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because when you have walls and when you're not fully trusting and open, you can miss the right people. You can be afraid of the right people. They scare you. Um, Somebody who really cares about you and loves you can feel like too much. So... What kinds of things were you struggling with, if you don't mind sharing, like that you had to work through to um, to really be open to the big love? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have experienced quite an arc in my life. I um, grew up as a slightly overweight and emotional eater, um, and it was uh, until my early 20s that I was chasing love. Well, I... I'll, I'll say that that actually lasted a little bit longer. But in my early 20s, I actually um, shed a lot of excess weight and all of a sudden kind of was attractive to the opposite sex and was getting a lot of attention. And so I really kind of struggled with balancing my historic feelings about love, that like it, it was beyond my reach and always unrequited love, to all of a sudden I'm this you know, sexy, attractive thing that is, you know, attracting a lot of attention. Um, and so some of, the, some of the walls that I had to break down uh, in preparation for my beloved were uh, checking my ego, to be quite honest with you. Um, I got to a point with uh, the gentleman that I was dating just before I met my beloved where, you know, I... Uh, we both entered this as, as sort of a, a friendly, casual relationship, seeing where it would go, quote unquote. And uh, three, three months in, my feelings changed for him, and I really desired more. And um, 
and he was in uh, like a, a place in his life where he could not offer me more. And we were very open about this at the beginning. And what I realized was that, you know, as I was getting huffy and pissy about, well, he can't give me what I want, I realized, well, gosh, what I wanted has changed. And so I, and before I realized that, though, I had this moment of like, well, I'm a, a big flipping deal and anybody would be just so excited to date me and because I'm accomplished and I'm educated and I do self-development and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a cat. That's and, right. Um, right? And uh, which is absolutely an attitude that we want to embody, but, but I think that um, for a long time that that was the attitude that, that held me back because for a long time I felt like nobody was good enough. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and certainly I did experience men that didn't jive with what I was looking for. But on the other hand, I wasn't actually clear on what I was looking for, you know, but mm-hmm. I had this, this big sense of knowing that I'm, I'm a BFD, big, big flipping deal or ever, however you can spell that out. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and even though I said that kind of in a joking way, I also I also do believe that it, it set a tone and it set a standard for what I was calling into my life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I had to kind of be, I had to stand by that, but I also had to be, be flexible and understand that, um, you know, anybody, everybody who I date and everybody who crosses my path has the potential of, of gifting me something, has the potential of teaching me something or pushing me to grow in some way. And, um, mm. So that, that was one of the big blocks that, that I had. I had several, though, um, to be honest. <laughs> I think we all, you know, it depends on our childhood and, and our past experiences and relationship. So much of how we are today is formed through all of that unless we work through it and recognize what we're dealing with. And I think that um, having the attitude that you're a BFD – um is is actually it's it's like taking the ego out of that and having it be about self love is a good thing but it, when it's mm-hmm. nobody's good enough and i was just talking to my sister yesterday cause she's she's in town and we were talking about how we grew up with the feeling our parents thinking nobody was good enough for us and i remember even my friends they were never good enough and so that that was planted in my brain too and it's it's not a good thing, you know. It's not a good thing to rule everybody out, you know. I think I think you have to balance that self love with um, loving others and seeing the good in others, and also knowing that your big love is going to probably show up in a package that's different than you think it's going to show up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and once I got to the point where I realized, you know, and it was kind of a quick turnaround, thank goodness. Um, but I realized that, that that gentleman, you know, was not able to offer me what I wanted because what I wanted had changed. Then it shifted so much love for him because he was standing by what we had originally set out to do. You know, he was standing by his own boundaries and his own commitment. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so I just felt this genuine love for him because he was being honest with me. He was saying, you know, Bex, that's, that's great, but I can't, that's not me. I can't, that's not what I'm in this for. I can't give that to you. So rather mm-hmm. than stringing me along and 
pretending to be something that he knew that he couldn't be, you know, he gifted me the freedom to make my own choice. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just had so much love for him in that moment. And, and this is what I share with my clients is that the easier a breakup gets, I believe, the closer you are to never having a breakup again. Mm-hmm. And that was, that, yeah, was a, well, that was one of the easiest breakups. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really great way to say it. And I think it's, it's really about knowing your boundaries and knowing who you are. And, and I see as my clients get stronger and stronger in setting boundaries and speaking up from the beginning, knowing their must-haves and their deal-breakers and walking away from the wrong people and putting time mm-hmm. into the right people you don't there's no big surprises you know you're not like going oh my god I, I was so blindsided and you know but and you can let people go quicker um and right. you know i'm finding that as i evolve I, like somebody just texted me i had one phone call with him and, and the phone call wasn't great and i, I just really felt a disconnect and you know, he, he from from the outside, he's got a lot of really nice things going, and he lives in my town, which is rare for me. And and he texted me and said, "Do you want to continue the conversation?" I said, "I'm learning to really trust my intuition, and my intuition says that we're not a good match." And I, you know, I wish you the best. Um, it's simple. It's not like you're a jerk. It's just that I don't think this is going to work, and I know it mm-hmm. now. I don't want to give it five more chances. And so, you know, it could be breaking off with somebody from after one date, after one call, after three months, um, you know, and the best breakups are where the person is a, you know, is a kind human being and gets it. Right. So if women want to break through their blocks just like you did um what do you suggest such a great question there's a few pieces um you know one of the first very first pieces that i you know i work with my clients and my community on is really cultivating a 360 degree love of who you are and you know that's not saying that we have to be perfect before we meet our beloved but we have to make a conscientious effort to accept and love all parts of us, even the parts that are, you know, even the parts that don't get posted on Facebook, right? The, the, <laughs> the, private, the private parts that we don't share with other people, the more difficult things that we go through. But to accept that it is all part of this beautiful divine human experience and you know, the, some of the things that we don't share as broadly with others, you know, those are beautiful opportunities for us to, to look inward and look for ways that we can find love for that part of us. You know, fear is one of them. You know, what are the, what are the things that, that we're afraid of? Where is that fear generating from? Oftentimes it's, it's from a core wound. It's from something that uh, generates from when we're very, very young. You know, and so to love that that element of us is to love who we were as a young person, as a child, to love the child in us that, that has that fear, that holds that fear. Um, cultivating a 360-degree love of who you are can, you know, it can also mean really getting back to basics and de- developing strategies for, for radical self-care, 
you know, a lot of the women that I speak with are, you know, they run on empty. They're really caught up in their to-do list, their day-to-day, their, their hustle and bustle. And, you know, they've kind of separated from any kind of spiritual practice or grounding practice that gets them in touch with their still small voice. You know, and I believe that the still small voice is the voice of the heart is, is the voice of God, one of the many voices of God. But if we're not in touch with that quiet voice within ourselves, then I think that we're really far from who we are. And it's, it's hard for us to have that 360 love for ourselves if we don't connect with that quiet place, that quiet voice within ourselves, at least several times a week. Um, you know, there's, there's other, mm-hmm. other practices that, that I share with my clients and my community beyond cultivating a 360-degree love of who you are. Um, you know, to break through your blocks, I, I recommend, I, I love, um, I call it being an evidence junkie. And this is, you know, more of an action step of being alert and awake to where big love is evident everywhere in your life, whether it be, you know, the love of a child or the love, the, the unwavering love of your four-legged friend or, you know, the love that is displayed by strangers around you. Um, you witness a man opening a door for a woman. You, you witness somebody standing up for a pregnant woman on the subway, you witness somebody helping pick things up after she's dropped her purse and everything is scattered, you know, but these, these small acts of kindness are in my mind, greater acts of love. And when we can kind of dial our frequency to where love is around us everywhere in our life, you know, it it really raises our own personal vibration to the vibration of love. And it helps us, just get in more alignment with whomever that soul is that's praying us up right now, our beloved that's calling us in, you know, it it raises our vibration so that we are, we are that love when we, when we need him. Mm -hmm. So being an evidence junkie. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I love that one. And I, I know that, you know, in my Facebook group, when I look through posts and I see the people who are responding out of fear and making up stuff, you know, he didn't text back, oh, he's probably married. I mean, stuff like that mm-hmm. where it's like they just immediately assume someone's cheating, married, will dump them, as opposed to the ones who see love in everything. And those are the ones who are dating, who have boyfriends now, um, and are giving love to everyone in the group. You know, they're happily coupled, and they're still pouring love out because they're overflowing. And you can feel it. You really can feel it. And those people are attractive to everybody, to men, to women, to, you know, to everyone. And so um, I love the evidence junkie. It's, it's uh, I think what, what my friend Bobby Palmer says is look for contrary evidence. Look for every time you think oh, yeah. something is one way, look for contrary evidence that it's something else. And mm. we tend to, you know, that's the perspective that you see the world through. It's, it's either seeing it through a very negative lens or seeing it through positivity, through love, through there's enough and abundance and all the things that you mentioned that are so crucial to, to calling in the right love for you and really believing it yeah. is possible. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to go a little long since we started late, and it wasn't 20 seconds, 27, 26 <laughs> seconds, it was four minutes. 
I, um, I, the time ticks down on my dashboard, so I was looking at it wrong. Um, so we, if, you, if it's okay with you, we'll go a few minutes over, if that's all right. Absolutely. Sure. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so when people feel like they're in a rut, because that happens all the time, they want to give up, they want to take a break, they feel that dating just doesn't work, online dating doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. What what can you suggest to people who feel like they're in a total rut? Yes, this is one of my favorites. Um, and this, I believe, can uh, apply to your love life or to other other areas of your life. But when 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 clients come to me, when they they say that they've done everything, they've tried everything, and they're they're in this rut, my my directive is what is one thing that has been simmering on your back burner? What's one thing that you've been dreaming up or thinking about for far too long and have not done? What's one thing that scares the living bejesus out of you that if you embarked on would invite you to rise and, and shift your ways of being and possibly step into a new iteration of yourself. What was one thing that would, you know, if you stepped into and, and begin, began to accomplish would change your life in such a way that you would have to change the way you do things, change the way you think about things to bring this thing to completion. And the reason why I go there with it is because, you know, I also believe that sometimes there is such a thing as efforting too much um, in our in our love life, in calling in our beloved, and so taking a break sometimes is warranted. Um, you know, that's not across the board, but but sometimes that is the case. And and not to say that doing this scary thing, is, you know, cannot happen simultaneously as you're calling in your beloved, because that that can also happen too. But when we choose to take on something big and heart focused that you know is, is a, a, a calling from our heart you know I like I said before I believe that the the voice of our heart is the voice of divinity is the voice of God and so when we have these these longings and discontents I believe that those are the, the direct voice of our desire and when we move into that which we desire especially if it's something that is scary and something that we haven't done before, it's going to ask us, like I said, to shift our way of being, shift our way of thinking, do things differently somehow that could very well be the missing ingredient that hasn't been happening in our love life. You know, for us, for you to, to do the thing, that big scary thing, all the way to completion. It's going to require you to do things differently because otherwise you would have done it before. You would have done this thing. And so whatever is in between you and doing this big soul-calling thing, like I said, I believe that this has the power to unlock the missing pieces, the missing mindset, the missing ways of being that can also be getting in the way of you and your beloved. Mm. That's really cool. Because I think that I encourage people to get out of their comfort zone all the time and to pursue passions because, first of all, 
I mean, it makes you a much more interesting person, but it also makes you more brave, and it makes you think bigger in your life, um, mm-hmm. bigger than you ever imagined was possible. And I can speak from my own experience that my whole transformation post-divorce was about stepping into scary spaces. It was about being in the public eye for the first time. You know, I married a, a performer. I was never that person. And knowing that I wanted to succeed in my business and I had to do things that scared the hell out of me. Um, But I did them with passion. And I I got up on a stage to speak because I was passionate about the message. And and it transformed me. Um, Because also every time you do something like that, you, you believe in yourself more, which increases your vibration, increases your own self-love and it increases the quality of the person that you end up attracting into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for, for rounding that out and bringing that all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it really does uh, invite you. It calls you into stepping into a new iteration of yourself. And, and I love your story because this is, you know, I, I think that this is a, just a, a direct invitation to to women who are post divorce, and you know, I, several of my clients married quite young and had their children, and their 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 life was very centered around the marriage and the children, and there wasn't a lot of space or room for their own dreams and desires. And then post divorce, and, and and even post children, like there's this there's this blank canvas that is just begging for creation, and you know, and like you said, it, you know, stepping into that scary space and, and laying something down on that blank canvas is, it, it, it transforms you in a way that, that staying in your comfort zone just, just can't. Mm-hmm. And also, like, when you think about dating, do you want to date somebody who's stayed in a rut? Do you want to date someone who has not taken any risks in life? And I don't mean like jumping out of a plane and off a bungee cord off a bridge. Um, You know, those are risks too, but I'm talking about emotional risks. And I know that I'm very attracted to men who are continuing to grow and learn and push the boundaries and and move beyond limitations. Um, Like when I hear about a man who's transformed his life uh, after a divorce, you know, he may have ended up with the wrong partner and given up a lot of his power, but if he's not blaming but taking action and Mm -hmm. saying, wow, I was really passive before and now I am taking charge of my life. I am doing things that I was scared to do. That's the man that most of us are attracted to, not the guy who's stayed in the same job even though he hates it and he complains about it and he's got a heart condition because he hates it and... I mean, I've seen people who have ended up in the hospital with exhaustion, with all kinds of complications from from being stuck in their lives, in their in their horrible job, in their horrible marriage, and they swear they're not going to go back. They just say, this was my wake-up call, and then they go right back when they feel better mm-hmm. because it scares them to make a change. So, you know, what's possible when you do make a change is just that your life expands exponentially, and it's just wonderful. So I love that. I love the connection between taking those risks and going after what makes your heart sing um, because it opens your heart 
to the other good juicy stuff. Yeah. So that's a great note to end on. Open your heart to love. Take those risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were to end with one, just one statement that you want to have everybody take away, what would that be? Mm, love is coming from everywhere. <laughs> I, um, I received a mantra from a girlfriend uh, over a decade ago. I was having some, some money, money worry, money stress, and she gave me this mantra, money is coming from everywhere, money is coming from everywhere. You say it three times. So I'd say it out on my runs in the morning, and then, you know, uh, gosh, right around the time I was, I was thinking about calling in my beloved, my, my, my subconscious just snuck in my brain, Love is coming from everywhere. And I stopped and I was like, whoa, girl, what, what are you doing there? What's, what's going on? Why did you say that? <laughs> Be careful what you, you know, and sure enough, you know, I kind of wrestled with it a little bit. And I said, you know what? What the hell? What the hey? I'm just going to, love is coming from everywhere. Let, you know, and I, I just started declaring it and shouting it. And, and it, it really, again, it reinforced that, that evidence chunky. And I, and I really believe that that statement uh was pivotal in opening me up to love and believing that love is coming from everywhere. And then it was very, very soon uh, to cross my path in the form of my beloved. Mm. Love it. That's a great mantra. So everybody say that every day. Love is coming <laughs> from everywhere. And you know what? I, I went everywhere. to a, a lecture and I, th- I, it was a positive psychology lecture a couple of weeks ago. And she Gave a, I don't know if she gave us homework um, or she had done this, but it was it was about looking for the best thing that happened every day. Um, yeah. And so right before you go to sleep, to think about the best thing that you had that you had happened that day. And he, she said, what happens over a period of time is you start you start focusing on the good. You start focusing on looking for that great moment on the peak moment of your day instead of looking for the bad so I started doing that in my Facebook group I did a 30-day challenge who's in let's all focus on what's good and there's probably three people still doing it at the end of maybe three weeks but it's still like I see the positives I always post positive comments like and positive memes like what today's gratitude Tuesday what are you grateful for because what you focus on grows. And so mm. I love what you stand for, Bex. And um, <laughs> definitely the heart tuning and passion coaching speaks to what you do and who you are. Um, so if you could tell everybody how to find you. Sure. The best place to find me is um, on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Bex Burton Coaching, B-E-X-B-U-R-T-O-N. I am also on Instagram as Sense of Motion, S-E-N-S-E-O-F-M-O-T-I-O-N. A little throwback from my dance and fitness days. Mm. And then I do have a website, which is bexburton.dreambuildercoach.com. And if you visit that, you can hop on to my love letter list that I send love letters to my community once or twice a week. And there's also a free gift attached to that, which I believe is a video series. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all over. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm connected to you all over. 
That's right. Uh, oh, and on Twitter, of course, I'm welcome to Mexico on Twitter. My, my, yeah, I, love I like to call Mexico my, my little planet. <laughs> Well, Planet Mexico is a great place to be. I can attest to that, and I really appreciate you sharing with us today, Bex. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you, and thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Thanks for sticking around for that glitch that we had, and, um, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. <laughs>